1: Hi everybody, Cheryl Atkinson here with Full Measure After Hours. I think you're going to love our discussion today, in part because of the topic, which has to do with Muslim immigration in Europe and free speech controversies, but also because David Bernkopf is back. My investigative producer who's been not with us for the last couple of I was forcibly
0: retired from the (laughs) podcast business.
1: Well, you're back based on popular demand. I think your kids called like eight or ten times and asked for you to be back on.
0: Usually they'd ask for the opposite, but... Here you (laughs) are. I'll accept your story.
1: Well, we wanted to talk about our visit to Europe because really across all of the nations there that we touched upon, we saw that there are a lot of controversies you don't hear much about from here and that are similar to the ones happening in the United States because of, I think, a mass sort of global immigration and shift in population. They're coming from a lot of countries like South America and the Middle East to Western nations, whether that's Europe or the United States. And where this change is happening rapidly, there are what we are calling culture clashes in many societies, including the small country of Denmark, where we focused a lot of attention on. Do you want to Tell people kind of what's going on there.
0: We went to Copenhagen, particularly. The is it biggest Copenhagen
1: city. or Copenhagen? I think it's Copenhagen. Okay, if you say so.
0: At least that's what.
1: Hagen Daz. That's my story. Okay. Hagen Daz
0: is a made up word. <laughs> Maybe made up by someone who'd been to Copenhagen. <laughs> um, and Copenhagen has, I think, 10 or 12% of its population are Muslims. Many who came in the last 10 or so years, some who were there from earlier migrations. And the city is, and the country, is trying to integrate the Muslim community to some greater or lesser degree of success into the broader uh, Danish society. And all of that thing that means being a Dane, which is free speech, which is freedom of religion, which is women in the workplace, things that sometimes are not appreciated in the new immigrant community.
1: Let me insert here that, you know, you and I, in the Washington, D.C. region, live in a very diverse part of the United States. Actually, the United States overall is very, very diverse. When you visit other countries, at least when I do, and I notice when I go to European nations, yes, there are diverse cities, but a lot of Europe is very white. A lot of these Scandinavian countries that you think of as super tolerant and super mixed are not so much and it's not that i think they reject the notion of having new people come into their society they're just they just haven't had to deal with it in in such an enormous way and especially with people who are not prepared to assimilate to those ways whose whose ways that they want to maintain may be different than what they believe their society is about
0: yeah and that led to as it has in some other places but particularly in denmark it led to the Rise of a character named Rasmus Paladin who created a very far-right party with a very, I would say, radical agenda of actually making all Muslims, whether they were born in Denmark or whether they came recently, leave the country.
1: I know. I almost, like, caught my breath when he said that because we interviewed him and I thought maybe his views have been misrepresented because I, I try not to believe everything i read because oftentimes when you do a story yourself you find a lot of it's not true but yes he wants every muslim out of denmark period and
0: no exceptions
1: the name of his party that he started is it translates to hardline he's leading a hardline party in denmark and he just started this a couple years ago and rose to pretty dramatic and quick popularity among a small but vocal group of people who see things his way and agree that they don't like the change and they don't like that some in the Muslim community are not assimilating, as you said, the way they would want them
0: to. And what he did was staged a variety of protests deliberately designed to uh, inflame and provoke the Muslim community, such as burning a Quran in a Muslim neighborhood. Which then led,
1: which is legal. It is legal. Protected there. It is
0: protected speech, uh, but not without risk. And it did lead to fights and, you could say, riots, car burning, violence,
1: which is 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 probably
0: what, which is not legal, but probably what he wanted. And he certainly used it then to say, "See, we need to get rid of these Muslims from our peaceful society." And he came just short of the 2% election number he needed to get to actually get into the Danish parliament in the most recent election. Which was
1: like, wasn't that like last summer, right before we visited, he thought he might be able to win some seats the way their elections work. And like you say, he fell just short. He actually said he had a point here. It was so quick that he had to mount his campaign and build his support. He thinks... I don't know if he's right about this. His support will build and he will eventually get there, get a seat in parliament. But one thing I thought was interesting, as radical as he is, we spoke to a journalist there who said, yes, a lot of people do not support you know, the prov- provocative things that he does and the provocative, I think he said things to us that were clearly racist, not just free speech things. He says they're not, but you know you could hear them for yourself and decide, I suppose. But a lot of people, while they don't agree with that part of him, this journalist we spoke with says there are quite a few people in Denmark who do agree with some of the less radical basic stuff he says about how society is changing there in a way that they don't like, how if they don't eject Muslims or do something, their society will be irreparably damaged and changed. And maybe they don't want to admit it, but this journalist told us a lot more people agree with him than you might than you might say so on the street.
0: And about the cost of various programs, because a lot of people come, they don't have jobs, they may not even speak Danish. I'm sure they don't speak Danish when they come there, although a lot of Danes speak English, and some may speak English. <laughs> but there's a lot of cost to this the integration effort, and there are people who object. Based on that?
1: Well, there are pretty high numbers. I don't recall them off the top of my head, but for the numbers who do come in and go on their welfare system. And then the mayor of Copenhagen told us that um, a lot of them still are required within their culture to marry others of the culture, so they're flying in more or more people from. You know, other countries, Mid East countries, Afghanistan,
0: Bosnia, wherever,
1: continue to come in, so that population grows. And the mayor said they are having children at a larger, faster pace than people who are born in Denmark. So all of those things together create this discomfort and this sense that their society is and their culture is changing maybe too fast. But so, let's turn the corner. All of this, and yet they really do. Value and they're proud of what they see as their free speech traditions there. So, as much as they may dislike, some people may dislike what Paladin has to say. A lot of them are supporting his right to say it. That kind of old, old adage from where was that? That originated in old Europe, hundreds yeah. of years ago. That sound well, was that sound well, the was the, was
0: a revolutionary war thing here. I may disagree with you, but I'll defend. To You're, the right death. To You're right it. to say. It. No,
1: I looked that up. Who that? Said actually, that actually, okay, we're going to.
0: Burke? I, don't know.
1: I thought I looked it up and it actually originated much earlier in Europe.
0: Is you it know, Greek?
1: Hundreds, yes, yeah, something like that. and the, I
0: suppose but, we could look it up, up before not. the end of this podcast, <laughs> but we'll leave it to you, the dear listener, to Google search that <laughs>
1: <laughs> and criticize us. Do you have something to say and want to make your own podcast? Let me tell you how to do that for free with Anchor. Anchor has creation tools that let you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. You can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more places, and you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's all you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Um, so that was just an interesting part of our visit that we spoke to scholars. We even spoke to a an author who is a Muslim man who came in from. wasn't his, weren't his parents um his parents were Muslim. He was born in Denmark. Know, I'm not where sure if came, they were. Where they came from. But his the point is he vehemently defends that Paladin has to be able to say these things, and he acknowledges, he says his own community has some issues with free speech that they need to sort out, that he says Paladin has brought out the worst in some of the radicals on his side, as Paladin probably hoped to do, and that they really need to work on that themselves.
0: Yeah, so this story turned a little bit for us, as sometimes stories do, and became a bit less about the culture clash specifically about immigration and more about the issue of what is okay to say in a free society and when, if ever, do you restrict what people say because of fear of a reaction.
1: Here it's worth bringing up that this is all in a place where the so-called cartoon controversy originated in 2005 where over the issue of the things that we're talking about there was a publication that published images of Muhammad, which is prohibited in the Muslim culture, and it was provocative, and it led to violence and riots on the part of Muslims that spread all around the world, really. There were attacks on Christians and other places by Muslims who were- Threats are-
0: against the, the cartoonist who drew it, that he had to be protected for years by the Danish police, as now Rasmus Paladin has to be protected by the police. Because there are a lot of people who would like to do him harm.
1: So, all those things coming in play, and actually they have passed a complicated set of laws over time, that while they restrict something, they protect free speech, but they do restrict some pieces of it. And I was trying to, like, figure out where they stand, because they do have free speech protected, I believe, as part of their constitution, but... They've put provisions over time that were intended to not allow just sort of any kind of speech that's hateful. While they didn't quite outlaw hate speech, they got kind of closer to that. So Paladin has actually been charged with a crime. I don't know if he can go to prison for this ultimately. I believe he's appealing. But he was charged with speaking the wrong words. With saying something, even if factually correct there, even if true, you can still be convicted of this speech violation the way it reads in Denmark. And he had given, um, he had said some things that some students that he taught turned him in for. And he said, all I said was the truth. Some statement he made about Muslims that he thought was defensible factually. The truth is not an ultimate defense as it is often here?
0: Well, that leads me to my academic lecture for the day, which I will keep brief, (laughs) because when I was a college student, I, one of the first... You went to college? I did go to college. I even graduated. (laughs) And uh, there was a very big case in the late 1970s, yes, that's how old I am, uh, about a small group of real Nazis in Chicago They were about a dozen of them, and they would dress up like they were in a World War II newsreel. That's crazy. That was kind of crazy. And they wanted to have a protest march against Jews in a town called Skokie, Illinois, which happened to have the largest number of Holocaust survivors of any town in America per capita. And, of course, the community of Skokie then didn't want that and enacted a whole series of restrictive laws like you have to provide a $300,000 bond to have a protest you can't wear a uniform you can't hand out certain documents. Well the ACLU defended the Nazis really at great cost. And uh, what was
1: the, what was the name of the party the Nazis these Nazis created or was it
0: the National Socialist Party of America All right. And ultimately to shorten this college lecture here, it went to the US Supreme Court, and the US Supreme Court said, well, yes, free speech is not absolute. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater. And there are things that they refer to as fighting words, which can be outlawed. In other words, you can't like say something that is going to imminently lead to a fight that is not protected speech. But they ruled that five to four. It was a close decision. They ruled that the measures taken by Skokie went too far, that you can't charge the people who the city has to protect for their own protection, essentially. A uniform isn't by itself a threat to anybody. You can't restrict what people hand out in literature if it's not actually threatening to do something. And so the city lost, the ACLU won, the small group of Nazis scheduled its rally, Then, at the last minute, while they were in their little van to come up to Skokie, there was so much coverage of what was going on, and there were so many counter-protesters that they canceled the rally after all. (laughs) Never had their rally. Wow. But the follow-on story is the ACLU lost so many donations because a lot of people, even people who belonged to the ACLU, felt, well, this is speech that goes too far, and we're not giving money to you anymore. So this issue of what is okay to say and when should people be able to say it is an ongoing issue in a lot of places that value free speech.
1: All right, here's a stumper for you, and I don't know if you know the answer to this question, but maybe we can look it up before the end of the podcast. <laughs> um, on that case that you said it was a 5-4 to four Supreme Court ruling that basically said most speech remains free and you have to be really careful how you restrict it was it more liberals? Was the court five liberals saying this versus four conservatives? Or was it five conserv? You know, how was the breakdown? It was
0: the liberals. And at that point, the swing votes, the more conservative justices uh, voted that there were things within these rules that were okay, because of the unique nature of what this group of people wanted to say in front of another group so of people. So the
1: liberals were, pre- by and large, protecting Protected this. Because I'm not speech. sure today it would be the same way. I feel like things have, things are turning around as to who thinks you should be able to do what. And now a lot of staunch or far-left liberals, I would say, are kind of on the other side.
0: Yeah, it was... Uh, the, okay, he's looking it up now. You know, That's I mean, all right. William Rehnquist, who was the chief justice and probably most conservative. He dissented? Uh, he dissented. Um, actually, I'm wrong. Warren Burger was still the chief justice at that point, and he was pretty conservative.
1: Okay, Where did he come uh, down?
0: He dissented. Okay. He said the restrictions were okay. And then uh, a couple of the more moderate justices also dissented. All the liberals and a couple of moderates were in favor of the free speech so but that's 1978 that's a long time ago I know but it's still a very important case in free speech
1: I wouldn't be surprised if in the next five years there's another big case of some kind that goes to the Supreme Court that looks at this sort of thing there's so many speech questions and challenges whether it's social media curating our information and censoring things, which they're allowed to do as a private company, but I'm, I'm saying it's still raising a lot of questions. There are government accounts on there. I have a feeling something is going to be well, we haven't heard the end of the free speech well, debate here.
0: Again, going back to the town of Skokie, these were all city government ordinances, so they were directly about government restriction of speech, which is what the amendments deal with. Um, so when you get to private companies like a Facebook, that's an extra level of complication um, that we're not going to go into in this podcast.
1: (laughs) Well, if you want to hear from Rasmus Paladin himself, you can look at our story that will be airing on full measure. I'm not sure when you're listening to this, but the actual story will air on November Sunday
0: the 3rd.
1: November 3rd. So wait till then, and then you can visit www.fullmeasure.news and watch that story where we talk a little bit more about this, and you can hear from him yourself.
0: And you know what else we have? I don't even know if you know this. What? We have a mayor's extra that will show up on Monday the 4th, which is some of the interview uh, that I did with the mayor.
1: Of Copenhagen. Of
0: Copenhagen, where she talks things she didn't say. We didn't have room in the piece, but she talks about the... The difficulties of uh, integrating the Muslim community into the broader Danish community. And I'm quite honest, and one of the things most interesting—that's a big challenge for them—is uh, it's very important in Denmark that women feel that they can participate and do participate in the full economic and political life of the country, and that is not something that is. Uh, priority in more conservative Muslim communities, and so there is an ongoing effort and a struggle to make women feel like they can work. And Destinated. she describes that, so that's pretty interesting. And that'll be on our Facebook page and on our web page.
1: Awesome, that's full measure. So I hope you like this podcast, Full Measure After Hours. You can subscribe, share it with your friends, and if you like original reflections like this, I also have the Cheryl Atkinson podcast separately.
0: And, and I am available to give the full Skokie <laughs> United States Supreme Court lecture to Yeah anyone. go in your
1: office and wait for the call. I'm sure it's coming any second. My
0: kids will be calling <laughs> demanding I stop.
1: So thanks, everybody. Um, do your own research, make up your own mind and think for yourself. Thanks for listening.